Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Megan. For those of you guys who are new, and this week I am so incredibly honored to have a fellow boss chick, powerhouse woman, Carla White, also fellow Midwesterner, on the podcast this week. She was the first female actually to ever have an app on the App Store, on the Apple App Store, and now has formed and successfully runs several companies. She's been on Oprah, she's been on every major TV network, and like I said, she's just an absolute boss. So today, we got into the nitty-gritty of some neuroscience, some really hardcore mindset principles, and she'll even teach you guys her six-step process for kind of managing your day rather than having a big power hour in the morning, um, spreading out these wonderful, wonderful, that I've never even heard of, mindset techniques that can really help you to stabilize your day, push through when you're having a tough one, and really be successful in 2021. So here's my interview with Carla. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am so incredibly honored to have a guest today. She's a female entrepreneur. She's definitely a trailblazer. You guys are going to hear more all about her story. I'm going to let her tell it, but I have Carla White on the podcast today. She was the first female to have an app on the App Store amongst a million other really, really impressive things. Carla, we are so honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my gosh. This is so cool to be connected here. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So my first question I always like to ask our guests are just for you to kind of tell us your origin story. So this could have everything to do with if you want to talk about some family stuff or just entrepreneurship or whatever you feel like our listeners um, should know about you. We'd love for you to take the reins and tell us how it all started. Yeah, so I grew up and I'm not going to start like I was born, but I grew up on a farm <laughs> in the Midwest. And ju- I just want to give some perspective to uh, what people can do with nothing. Okay. So I grew up on a farm in the Midwest with a bunch of kids and animals and whatnot. And um, our idea of fun was like tearing apart a lawnmower and rebuilding it. You know, <laughs> that was our entertainment back in the day. So um, it was, but the crazy thing is, is I had to hang out with my siblings all the time and they got on my nerves, of course. So I had this big dream that I'm going to meet everybody in the world. Dang it. <laughs> Little did I know that internet would help me do that. But um, one of the first opportunities I had out of, out of moving away from that farm was go to university. And I met all these different foreigners. And I was hanging out with them. But I was flunking out of school because nobody taught me how to study, right? I was just sort of those rural schools are so easy to get through. And I got to university and I was going to flunk out. And uh, one of my friends who was Japanese said, well, you know, you're hanging out with all these foreigners. Why don't you go study over in Germany for a little bit? Because there's an exchange program. And I thought, well, that is crazy because I don't speak any foreign languages. I have no money. I've never been on a plane. Like uh, this is so far out of my orbit. There is no way I'm going to do it. But she planted that seed. And I ended up getting a scholarship, like bringing my grades up, hiring a tutor, learning the basics of German, flying over there, first time ever on a plane, flying to go live in Germany for a year. Yeah, total, total immersion, because there was no internet. or Anything like that at the time. And here's where the pivotal point was, though, was One, of course, it woke me up to how isolated I really was and, you know, what a bubble America is and all these other things. But uh, more so, I had this uncle over in Germany. And for the first time, somebody told me 
somebody who I really looked up to told me that I was smart. Mm. And that was a pivotal moment because I've never had anybody say that. It was always find a husband or make sure like all these, make sure you have good fashion sense or good hair, like all these other things like brains and empowerment wasn't part of the equation. So I came home from that trip and, or that year abroad, and I finished three minors uh, or three undergrads and two master's degrees all in the course of a year and a half. And it just catapulted the rest of my life. I ended up working for the Pentagon on a $3.5 billion Pentagon program. I worked for the Olympics. I ended up I'm getting hired by uh, Microsoft and launching a consultancy practice, a global international consultancy practice, and uh, launch my own businesses on the, the heels of that. Of course, it wasn't like, oh, I, everything, like the, the doors flew open and there was a golden path. Of course, it was riddled with so much um, awakenings and rebirth and trying to get to know myself and getting out of my own comfort zones and so many different things like that. But uh, definitely that was a pivotal point with one person believing in me. Wow. That's so amazing. And I want to get to all of your entrepreneurial endeavors, but kind of slowing down for a second, because so many people who watch this podcast, who listen to this podcast are super interested in the personal development side of things. Mm -hmm. So what you've told us a little bit of like what that one moment did to kind of spark that in you and make you wake up to who you really were. Could you tell us more about the process that happened from there? Because I'm sure, like you said, obviously there were still obstacles, there were still mountains to climb. It wasn't just like, I'm smart. Now I can do everything. So (laughs) how did you have to rewire your mind to like believe in yourself? And what was that process like navigating all those ups and downs to build those successes that are now behind you? Yeah, right. I did not know how brainwashed I was for many years. So I uh, was at the Pentagon and didn't, I won't get into the whole backstories. There's a, a an episode on my podcast that explains the traumas that I went through there. But uh, one thing I discovered once I left the Pentagon, I had an MBA, MIS, an experience at a very top organization And I was living out of my car after that. I didn't have a follow-on career because all I learned through college was how to sell a resume and how to acquire debt. And so I had to, yeah, I had to live out of my car because anything I made, I was busting tables and hosting, like doing whatever, babysitting, walking dogs, watering plants, whatever odd job I could get at the time until I got another job, um, all went towards student loans. And then I ended up getting hired by this tech company that was acquired by Microsoft. That's how I got into Microsoft. And I thought I had it sussed. I was traveling around the world. I was flying like first class. People were whining and dining me. And I thought, okay, I have arrived. This is it. And this is how the rest of my year, my my whole career is just going to be great. I finally figured it out. And, uh, but I did not know how to sell. I did still didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to do that. That's a very important skill, selling and negotiation, two extremely important skills that you will not learn in school. Um, and so when when uh, my tenure with Microsoft was up, they said, look, you can go to Redmond and become a programmer, which I had no desire to do that. I'm a terrible programmer. Uh, or you can, we'll just let you go. And so I decided to stay in London 
and start my own business with my then boyfriend, now husband. And it was extremely hard because people who were taking my calls weren't taking my calls. They ignored me. Like I was a nobody and I was burning through cash, like nobody's business. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing and I was coping with the stress in all the ways that society had taught me how to cope with stress, that glamorizes how to cope with stress, drink wine, go down to the pub, have some chocolate, binge watch, right? We glamorize all this, we make it so normal, but in fact, it's very toxic. And I was getting ulcers and insomnia and migraines and health issues I've never experienced before. And when I didn't think I could take it anymore, I get that middle of the night phone call that everybody dreads where my brother calls and says, look, dad suddenly passed away and we need you to come home. And the kicker was I had just been home. I had just seen him. Like my suitcase wasn't even unpacked and I was heading home again. And I was blaming myself because when I went home to see him, I knew there was a problem with his health, but I didn't say anything because I felt like, well, I'm not even in a right spot right now. Who am I to like voice up and say anything when my life is in shambles? You know, let's just go home, put on a happy face and get through it. And nobody ruffle any feathers. So I carried that blame on my shoulders uh, to the point where I I was driving down the M4, which is uh, like a, a an interstate road in England. I was driving down the M4 in my little Honda and just as fast as it would go. Like, I just could, could you just go any faster? Could you just flip out of control? Could you just do that so I could be out of this, these thoughts, these like thoughts that just wouldn't shut off. And my husband then said, well, why don't we get you back to the States? And that's why we're here now. But that made it worse. I couldn't imagine, like it made it worse because I was putting on weight, I, you know, because we weren't walking anywhere. We were driving in two-ton cars, um, culture shock, winter, all these things. So I ended up in the hospital with double pneumonia. And that's, I think, was the point where I hit rock bottom and trying to sort things out. Like, I, like everybody does when they have a big problem. Let's get on Google and find out what Dr. Google says. And that's when I came across keeping a gratitude journal, which is just a, a notebook where you write down things each day that were positive, that worked out in your favor. And I was pretty lazy, very lazy at the time. I was like, just had nothing in me, like tank empty. Um, and I just started that experiment writing every day and it would be pretty lame stuff like I we have a roof over our head and food on the table but two months into this experiment I'm out for a walk and I'm going through the things in my mind that I want to put in the journal later on and there's you know I got a job offer at NASA I lost some weight I'm sleeping better all these things and I thought wow my life had done a complete 180 since just a couple months ago, like, what was it? What was the silver bullet? What was the magic pill? And when the dots connected, I thought, oh, I've got to tell the world about this. And Steve Jobs had just held up the iPhone 
couple of weeks before that. So I thought, I'm going to make an iPhone app, which I had no idea how to do. <laughs> you know? wow. Yeah, but uh, lo and behold, Gratitude Journal came out along with like a beer drinking app and Sexy Girls app, like all the other apps on the app store were by these bros and there's mine. <laughs> and it just went gang- gangbusters. It went wildfire, which was really super cool. That is so amazing. So you took basically your pain and things that you were walking through personally and turned it into something that was able to help so many other people. What's like one of the coolest stories that you've heard from somebody who's used your app? I I wouldn't even know where to begin. Oh, um, there's one woman, she wrote, she's the first woman to row three oceans solo. Her name is Roz Savage. She used it while she was going across the Pacific Ocean. Oh, gives me chills. I know. She she actually invited me over to England for her 50th birthday party, which was super cool. Like, ah! with, um, there's other really super famous A-listers who have written to me and I've been their sort of gratitude buddy. They'll send me a screenshot and we'll share our gratitude entries. And uh, I've developed some really amazing relationships there, but there's also um, uh, a woman who actually what happened to, to move forward a little bit. um, I actually felt like a hypocrite for a while because my business took off. I wrote a book idea to iPhone. I had this app agency at other apps and we adopted our first son and I was just not able to cope with it again. Insomnia was back. Anxiety was back. You know, like I'd wake up and it felt like I, I couldn't breathe. Like I, I had to get out of bed, but I couldn't get out of bed. And it was just a very scary feeling. Um, and people would get my app and then they'd write to me saying, can you help me out some more? Or what else do you have? And I was like, honey, I can barely take care of my own life right now. <laughs> I feel like such a hypocrite having this app out there. And uh I ended up diving deeper into the whole neuroscience of what was behind gratitude and other different, what I would call power rituals and everything from new agey stuff to old ancient wisdoms to neuroscience, all the different areas. I like got libraries full of books and just dove really deep and came up with um, a set of power rituals that I do throughout the day to just keep my mindset, right? I mean, we're all intoxicated with so much information, so much doom scrolling, especially this year, right? And it's like, whoa, where's my brain going? What am I focusing on? How is this affecting my overall health? Um, And I started to teach these to to people who got the gratitude app in a challenge, a 21-day mindset reset. And one woman, she was just doing the pre-challenge. Like I have them clean up their space and let's do a few things just to get ready for the challenge. She did all this and she went into our Facebook group and she was telling people how amazing she felt already. We haven't even started the challenge. I feel so good. And let me tell you what happened. Yesterday, I was like punching this guy saying, we got to be grateful. We deserve the best. And I went down to my son's room and I was saying all this and I opened up his door and he was crying. And he said, look, mom, I have to tell you this. I was actually planning to kill myself this week. And had you not like shifted in your confidence, I would have never have told, been able to lean on you. She was able to get him the help that he needed. 
save his life. I mean, I think we, we, especially as women, uh, we go for this, not, it's not good enough. It's not good enough yet. Right. I've always thought that about anything I created Hmm. and yet we don't realize the magnitude of the impact we're creating with just get it out there. Like just get something out there, just start because there is somebody who needs your voice, who needs your help a hundred percent where you're at right now, not in a year from now, not after you get that certification or that degree, like you are in a perfect place right now to help somebody. Mm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I mean, literally that like makes me cry. And I think that's going to resonate with our listeners so much. Um, You know, we have a lot of girls who are competing in pageants and who are pursuing big dreams entrepreneurially. And I think so often um, because of, yeah, like I love how you said doom scrolling. I've never heard that before, but how much we're just like comparing ourselves all the time, which sounds so cliche, but like, honestly, um, I've even had to check myself in that lately of just seriously putting my phone away intentionally, like chucking it in a different room and I, I mean, obviously it helps me focus better. It helps me get work done, but you just realize how much that affects your mental health. So um, the next question that I'd love to ask you is just, you obviously created this new resource for people, um, but what, what was really the switch for you where you felt like you were like, okay, now I know how to manage what's going on in my own mind. I do feel authentic in this. And, and it's not probably every day, obviously we still have thoughts, but what, like, what was that flip for you and how did you get there in terms of feeling confident that um, maybe some of that imposter syndrome or whatever went away. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think imposter syndrome ever goes away. You just don't want to drive your life. Yeah. Um, But uh, I I think like when you're asking that question, there is moments in my life that really come to mind. So when I started my power rituals and started to just really work on my mindset, I protected who I was around. I mean, I would not, I did not go and hang out with my old friends. It was so hard um, Mm -hmm. because I was so used to saying yes to everybody and everything. Yeah. And I was starting to say no, and I cut a lot of people off. And then I joined some mentorship programs and some coaching programs. And we started to get together for events and people would just say, your energy is contagious. You're so contagious. I just love being around you in your energy. And I thought, well, good, because I work really hard on it every day. And it's my main focus. And it was at that point that the penny dropped where I thought, oh, you know, most, most people aren't doing anything in this regard because we aren't taught just the basics of quieting your mind for five minutes, getting out in nature. You're like, nature is, everything is energy. Like I'm going to geek out just a little bit. If you love that thing. Oh my gosh. I love neuroscience and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're 99.999% energy. Everything is like this cup, every, our pens, the tree outside, everything's energy. And the beautiful thing about nature is that you can take your lower energy. So it's it's energy that's moving around in a weird sort of way. 
kind of like if I was trying to do one of those Fortnite dances that I can't do that my son's like, don't you just go like this. And I can't do it. And I look really good. Anyway, <laughs> she's laughing because I'm like, trying to move it around. Love it. <laughs> Weird out. Anyway. Um, so that's how your energy is. It's all kind of like bouncing off each other in this weird sort of way. And that's why you feel so confined and off. And if you get out in nature, nature can absorb that. Nature can take that off of you and recycle it with just more balanced energy, more controlled energy. And this idea that we're happy all the time or we're ecstatic all the time, it's not about that. It's about don't let that negative energy just drive you in the ditch and Mm. stop you and talk yourself into, I'm never going to go out or I'm never going to do this or I'm never going to succeed or whatever. I mean, and I'm saying this, um, and I have to practice this all the time. Like I have to have people in my inner circle who will talk me off the ledge all the time. There have been many days, even recently, where I'm like, screw it, I'm just gonna delete it all. I'm deleting my profiles, I'm deleting all my softwares, I'm deleting all my products, and I am just gonna go and live on a mountain in Bhutan. And become a nun and yep. I'm good and yep. uh you I everybody like even my mentors who are running hundred million dollar companies they have to talk themselves out of that right they how did I get myself in this situation why am I here and it seems like when you get to that point and if you just let it go let it go in nature let it go somehow um through writing or any sort of rituals you allow for the energy to shift and for that newness, whatever it is that you want it to come in. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Um, I'd love for you to share. And then I want to ask you more about your endeavors that you've done since then. Um, Mm. What are some of those power rituals that you do every day? And is there a place that we can find those and join those if people want to kind of up their mindset and work on their habits and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I call it sacred, so I can remember it. (laughs) That's the acronym on you don't do it in this order. I do it throughout the day. So one thing I noticed, my husband's part Asian, he's part Chinese. And when I started to get to know the Chinese history and culture, they do little rituals all day, every day. Like when they uh, spend money. They're actually doing a, a money ritual when they're handing over the money or when they're getting money. There's these little tiny things that they're doing all day, which I find fascinating. But yet in the Western culture, we like meditate in the morning or we have this power hour in the morning or, you know, like it, it, if you sprinkle it throughout the day, it's stronger. Hmm. So let me, let me explain what sacred is. S is for silence, which is meditation or prayer. A stands for three things. And one is appreciation and gratitude. Once I dove deep into gratitude, it's like a ninja skill. It's not like this cute little notebook with a feathery pen and a cup of tea. It is a deep ninja skill that's based on uh, quantum physics and neuroscience. I mean, when they say what you give your attention to expands or whatever those Basically, what it is, is we live in a society that the top industries need us to focus on lack in order for those industries to survive. And I'll quickly go through these. These are uh, arms, 
which is the number one. Um, that's just humans fearing each other, which we've seen a lot of this year. Um, two is pharmaceuticals. And last I checked, 70% of Americans were on at least one prescription drug and eight of the top 10 prescribed drugs are for anxiety related illnesses. These are preventable illnesses. Yep. And then number three is alcohol and tobacco. So had a rough day, have a depressant or a cat cancer to stick. So, so we live in the society and, um, if you practice abundance or appreciation, appreciation to me, it's just recognizing the abundance instead of the lack. And when you practice that over and over and over again, it's kind of like giving these industries two fingers up and saying, no, I got control over my mind. You aren't going to brainwash me with your advertising, your stories, your identities that you're creating for people. I got it. So uh, I think that's a big game changer. So that's appreciation. Uh, Asking is another really big ninja tool that um, will take you really, really far. So there's our mind cannot handle an open loop. If I ask you, what's your job? How cold is it? Um, what'd you have for lunch? Like your mind automatically wants to come up with the answer. It just looks for it. So you can use that to your advantage by asking certain questions like, who can help me with this? What are some other options? What's another way of seeing this? And I have a whole list of different questions that I can kind of trick my mind into seeing things from different perspectives. And then I notice different people come into my life or opportunities or really amazing. And then the, the, Third A is affirmations, and that's a really powerful technique. I won't get into the depths of that. Um, so that's S-A-C is create. We are naturally creators, not consumers. We've been trained into thinking consuming is a way for us to have these dopamine rushes, but it's actually when we create. Um, and there's different things you can create. You can create opportunities, relationships. You know, it's not just about painting and writing. Uh, R is reading, and that's a ninja, learning. Uh, E is exercise, and then D is daydreaming. And that's what I do right when I wake up to program my mind what to focus on and also right when I go to sleep. Wow. That is, like, so helpful. I mean, like, I'm so blessed by this. Like, genuinely, Carla, thank you so much, like, by what you've just shared so far. Like, that's – I'm going to go work on this. Like, right after we're done with this, I'm going to go do this. And I think uh, what I love so much about that, like you said, about spreading it out, I mean, that just makes sense. Like, because your mindset's going to take little dips. Your energy's going to take little Mm -hmm. dips. And so you need to – like, I foresee myself having that list in front of me and just being like, okay, like, what do I feel like I need right now? And just taking five minutes – to dip into that as opposed to being overwhelmed or condemning yourself of, oh, my power hour wasn't all, you know, six of these things. I know that sometimes I just don't, I'm not in the mood or I just don't feel like I have time for that. And then I condemn myself because I'm like, oh, I didn't check off all my power hour things, you know? Right. And then it's just the opposite of what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to increase your confidence. I mean, everything is confidence. Money is attracted to confidence. Hmm. That is the energy that you're going for. It's not like I, I hear these gurus that say you got to be happy or something. That's not the energy. It's it's confidence. So you think about a certain situation where one you um, well, let's take a situation where you um, have a client who or a prospect who wants to hire you or a guy 
let's take a guy, a guy who you're a hot actor and uh, you, you think he likes you, you're not sure, but you heard that he likes this other girl and you saw him like something on somebody else's page and you're not sure. And so when you go up to approach this person, you have anxious apprehension. Your, your, uh, your activities will be different. Your voice will be different. Your emotions will be different. Your energy will be different than if, let's say he said, oh my gosh, you're the best thing. You're just awesome. Your girlfriends are telling you this. You're going to go up to that situation with confidence and you're going to be assured. You're going to say things. You're going to be funnier. You're going to take bigger risks. And really it comes down. And this is where gratitude is a ninja tactic because gratitude is reminding your brain over and over, creating a synapsis in your brain where that confidence is your default. And that's what you, I mean, Man, what an audience that like pageantry must that has to be like all about confidence. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh girls are gonna listen to this like 400 times. And I'm <laughs> so excited about it because it's gonna be so practical and helpful. And yeah, you're just a boss chick and somebody who's worked so hard to build this system and help so many people. I mean, it's just I know it's gonna resonate with them. So thank you for sharing that. Um, my next question that I'd love to get into a little bit is to hear more about what you've been doing since then. So what are some of your favorite endeavors? Have you kind of been working on one thing for a while or multiple things? Um, Catch us up to speed on that. Yeah, well, my latest thing is voice and just being able to take products, learning products, educational products, and uh, convert them into private podcasts. So people can just learn just like they're listening to a podcast. Uh, It's a product. It's called Hero FM, H-I-R-O. And it started out because when I had my challenge, this 21-Day Mindset Reset, people weren't making it through the program. And just like with your power hour, they were berating themselves. I can't do this. And I'm like, no, that's hard to sit through all these videos. No. So I ripped the audio from the video. The completion rates were higher. The success stories were like off the charts. It was, it just completely transformed my business. And when COVID hit, I I had an inner circle that was the next logical step from the um, mindset reset was join my inner circle. Um, and I had this great inner circle, but it wasn't fair to the women in my inner circle because I had my kids at home and having these meetings was like hosting a meeting in the middle of a big frat party. I mean, it was impossible. Excuse me while I go wipe a tushy or clean up this barf or get my kid out of the ice cream, right? It was just a hundred interruptions per meeting. So I said, I'm going to close this down. It was super hard. But I created the product that I wish I had when I was coaching these women, which was Hero. And it's just like upload your audio, your videos, and they get a private link to install as a podcast Mm. and just listen uh, on a private piracy-proof podcast. Um, And my goal with this is the people who need this education, like when I was stuck in my own life, I needed direction from gurus and people who had been through the process, but sitting down and watching videos, I don't have the attention for that. I don't have the time for that. So, and I know there's a lot of other, you know, people working jobs or running businesses, have kids, maybe they have a job and a business. They don't have a time to sit down and watch those videos. Uh, so my goal is to create products that they, people can listen to on the go. 
So then they can get those skills. I mean, how many people were out of careers this year and out of their jobs and they had to quickly pivot and, okay, now I'm going to learn about Facebook ads or now I'm going to learn about this. And so they're sitting through these videos that don't need to be videos, right? So uh, that's that's really, I want to give these people an edge. Um, I, I think you kind of know who I'm talking about. <laughs> we all seen the numbers where it was the women who were home or lost their jobs or, you know, there was impacted the most. So, so that's where I'm going with this. Uh, I'm also really curious just about voice products in general. So with the consumer in mind, um, there's a lot of people who are really good at Facebook ads. They're really good at selling their product and then you buy it and it's not, they're not all that. They just are really good at selling. And I have an idea in a way and uh, technology can help out with this where we can sort out the, uh, the fakes, the phonies from the real deals. And that way the education we're getting, people, people step up to the plate, right? They'll stop being fakes and phonies and they'll, uh, the real ones will get ahead. You know, there's some really good instructors out there that just don't know how to sell. So we yeah. need to get their voice out on a platform where they can help more people. So yeah. that's that's where I'm heading with this. Um, I'm working with some amazing people, some really brilliant, amazing people. And we're hoping that uh, it will help not just, you know, in the Western world, but in areas where women aren't, they don't have access to education, they don't yeah. have access to bank accounts. And maybe this will give them a way to earn and learn at the same time. Love it. Absolutely. I just love, I mean, people doing good work and work that's for the greater good is so impactful. Like I'm just, I'm just honored to hear your story. And I have so many things I want to ask you offline too about, I'm like, okay, I have this idea and I have this idea. and I have this. So we'll definitely talk about that. Um, Kind of in closing last couple questions. So Um, If you were to give people words of encouragement of how to become an innovator, because like the beginning of your story, right? Like you didn't have that confidence. You're like, I'm a failure or, you know, these grades are defining me. Like, what would you say are some characteristics or things that people can do to become that self-starter? Because chances are like God's put ideas in them. They just don't know how to become that person who makes things happen. Yeah, this is, that's such a great question. Um, number, the reason I love this question is because the world needs ideas from diverse backgrounds. Yep. So much. Okay. We were talking offline where I want to be uh, to the tech industry what Hamilton was to to Broadway, because up until Hamilton. Broadway shows were kind of cookie. They had the same thing. And then Hamilton came in and disrupt. And we see this uh, with the apps and the technology. It's the same piece, the same VCs funding the same bropreneurs sort of things. And um, we need that disruption. We need those ideas. Just yeah. imagine, for example. So most of the apps that we're using, more women use apps than men. And I'm talking web apps and iPhone apps and mobile apps. Um Imagine that those apps were books and imagine that the books are in a library and all those books are written by the same demographics. And you're saying, look, there's no room for my idea here. There is definitely room. Just like in a library, people want new books, new ideas, new perspectives. 
in tech or whatever else you're like fashion or beauty or anything, education, anything. We need ideas. We need ideas from diverse backgrounds. And Steve Jobs always said that creativity is just connecting the dots and you as an individual connect the dots differently than other people. So then the second half of that question is, well, how do I bring that out? How do I nurture that? Because, okay, I'm going to do it, but how do I nurture this creativity? Being naturally curious, following your curiosities, getting outside of your comfort zones and exposing yourself to new things. So if you're like so many people, myself included, I don't know what my calling is. It's not one big calling. It's a string of little curiosities is what it is. And a curiosity is something that takes your interest. If it didn't take your interest, it would be as boring to you as a bologna sandwich. So if it takes your interest, follow that curiosity and go in there. Get in there. They need you. They need you to expand that curiosity. One thing, and uh, my, my, my podcast is called Radical Shift, and the F in shift is kind of misplaced to play on the word as well as like make the app look like the app you get for failure for for grade because we have been conditioned to believe that failure is a bad thing and an f means you should give up you shouldn't try but in truth failure means you're onto something keep going that's good because you you did that first step you fell the hardest my son's taking snowboarding lessons. That first lesson is so hard. But the second lesson, yeah, I got it. Third lesson, awesome. Let's go cruise. So it's getting through that mindset that I shouldn't do this because I'm failing. Um, mm. Nurture that the curiosities and create. this is why creativity is every day I try to do something creative, whether it's like trying a new recipe, you know, like sewing something and I know I shouldn't sew, I'm so bad at it. <laughs> at least like gets my different parts of my brain working and just seeing things from a different perspective, gets me off my computer, gets me like just engineering things. And um, so creativity is always so important. And it's not just about art creativity, it's about creating, relationships, creating um, opportunities, getting out there, applying for something that's well out of your depth. So I'm going to apply to try this thing, but I'm going to just see what I can create it into. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I literally just took like 10 notes while you said that. Um, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So final question. And then I want you just to kind of leave us with how people can connect with you or um, anything else you want to tell our audience of mostly innovative, awesome, passionate women. Um, I know a lot of people actually in even my circle, this question is kind of a selfish question, <laughs> but like if um, I've thought about starting an app, I know other people have come to me and had ideas for apps. Mm -hmm. um, you've obviously been there, done that several times, wrote the playbook. So if someone um, has an idea and they want to go digital with it, they, they think it would go well either on the app store or something like that. What are some common mistakes that you say, don't do this, this is going to waste your time and money? And what do you think is the easiest pathway for success? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I see a lot of people just not doing, I ask them, what other apps are on the app store that do what you do? And yep. I don't see them doing the research in advance. Um, or they say there's none. Now, come on, there's like a billion apps on the app store. There's something that does some sort of version. Now, just because it's on the app store, and even if it's crushing it, 
doesn't mean that you can't do it. I mean, there were a mm-hmm. hundred thousand photo uh, filter apps out before uh, Snap, not not Snapchat, but Instagram came on the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you don't have to be the first. You just have to be innovative and different. Now, the other thing is is make it as simple as possible. Get out mm-hmm. with the minimal viable product just to prove of concept. The small, it may not even be your own technology. You may be using somebody else's tech to just prove the concept. Will anybody give me money for this? Does anybody else want this? Or is this just an idea that I like? There's so many apps out there that I've helped with personally where it's like they just scratch their own itch and there's nobody else out there that wants this. So you make sure that people want it Mm -hmm. um, and talk to those people who want it and who don't want it. Find out why. It's, oh, that's that's the toughest pill to swallow. And uh, it, it has nothing to do with you personally. It will help you out a hundredfold. If you can, without getting your emotions involved and having it hurt you, it does sting a lot. But uh, if you can take that feedback and incorporate it into your idea and uh, make it better, that will help you in the long run. Hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. And last question. So is there anything else that you want to tell just women, female innovators who are listening and then how we can get in contact with you? Anything else you want to share about yourself? Yeah. So uh, number one, brag about yourself. (laughs) If I want to leave you with anything, get comfortable sharing your successes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we need that more because I have two young boys and what they consider a success is probably a fraction of what I would as a female consider as a success simply because we see a bigger spectrum of colors and our brains just function on a different level. So guess what? The bar is actually pretty low for Mm -hmm. us. And so brag about what you accomplished. Um, And then if you want to get in touch with me, jump on into uh, (laughs) Clubhouse. I love conversations over there. That's just so much fun. I've been having such a blast there uh, at Carla White. But if you are not in Clubhouse, just uh, carlawhite.org is probably the simplest. It has everything there. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Carla. It has been an absolute pleasure. I learned so much. If no one else listens to this and it was just me, this would have been worth it for me. So seriously, thank you so much. You are such an emblem of female empowerment. Um, I admire just the fact that I've gotten to talk to you. You've accomplished so much. And thank you so much genuinely for being on the podcast and giving us your time. Oh, absolutely. Hey guys, Coach Megan here. And again, welcome to season three. I'm so happy to have you here. Please, a couple things I wanted to just say, share this with a friend that you know needs to hear this today. Um, We give out this free information all the time because I'm so passionate about lowering the barriers to entry for women to be successful in pageantry, but also to grow themselves as transformative leaders that know their identity, are great communicators, leaders, and also are initiating and engaging in their calling. So with that, one thing I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of is a brand new 
program that we beta launched last fall called the Interview Mastery Academy. And there's nothing like it on the market in the pageant industry. And as a competitor and a coach, somebody who's gone through this and been in your shoes several times, I created this because there was a hole in the market and I am here as a coach and as a person who loves women's empowerment to fill those gaps and see those problems and provide solutions for you guys. And so this is an eight-week course that is not just pageant coaching, although it will transform your communicative ability as well as your leadership. It's also going to transform you as a person. We get down into the nitty-gritty about your mindset, your your different personalities, your core values, your style, your social media. I teach you how I built a six-figure company online, specifically through Instagram. We go through everything from your platform to your paperwork to on-stage question to the advanced questions framework. We handle everything. It is all-encompassing, you guys. I even have 2,000 practice questions as well as timed mock interviews and a national level packing list. I have truly put everything on the inside of this academy and we'd be honored to have you be a part of it. So how you can get involved is at the end of every episode, you guys can DM us on Instagram. You can email us info at powerhousepageantry.com or the easiest way is just to click the link in the show notes, no matter where you're listening and we'll send you right on to be able to access either a one-on-one strategy call with me personally, a free 30 minute call, or if you're ready to write, write to sign up, you can just tell us and we'll give the information to purchase. It is something that will absolutely positively transform your entire life guaranteed. And I've created it as a total replacement for one-on-one coaching so that through the craziness of life and the busyness of your schedule, you can ensure that you have everything necessary to be successful in pageantry, but on your own time and on your own terms. So if you'd like more information, click the link in the show notes or email info at powerhousepageantry.com and a member of our team will make sure that you are taken care of. And with that, I love you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you are following us on social media at powerhouse pageantry and at Megan underscore Swanson. And with that, we'll see you guys next week.